just let go. Change my life. Change the way I think. Change my life. Um, been very emotional. All right, welcome back to the Polaris podcast, the number one mental health podcast in the world. We've got, we just made that yesterday. We, oh, nice. we got a new one. We just reclaiming it. <laughs> claiming it. No one else is doing it. Well, might we'll as well. take it. I'll take it. Might as well. Yeah, take the spot. And, and the first podcast in the new studio. Yeah, so we've got a new studio, everyone. Um, you'll get to see it in a couple of weeks. Or tomorrow, no, tonight or tomorrow not we're going to post it well, in the video. Well, so what's today? Today's Wednesday. I'm going to have this edited and out for Friday. Mm. But then people, yeah, you would have seen it a couple of days ago. So we're yeah. about to post a reel tonight. Yeah, that's the reel. That's where I was getting at. Yeah. Um, we have a guest on today, everyone. We've uh, you spoke and we listened. Yes. Um, Mr. Will from Promabolics. Welcome hang back. On, hang on. Oh, we, oh, we got a clap. We got. Hey, I can hear it. This you time. can hear it. This I time. can hear it now. <laughs> hey, I get it. I get it now. Yeah, that's, that's far better. Um, I feel much more involved when I hear the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, applause. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much better. We've all got headphones on now, so it's, I don't feel like I'm yelling as yeah, much. And people say they're like, "Oh, why do you wear headphones in podcasts?" Are you fucking kidding me? Listen to this. <laughs> it sounds so much better in my head. So much better. <laughs> that Barry White audio quality. <laughs> yeah, we were flirting before. We were. So good. so good. How are you, mate? Mate, good. It's been, it's been, um, the fitness industry has been off its head this year, mm. I, I feel in general. And, and with it, um, it's taken me for quite a ride. So, yeah, but since since we've been in last heaps, mate, it's happened heaps yeah. and heaps. Um, been overseas, come back. Look, really done a heap, like a lot more uh, self work too, which is really cool. So, Definitely. like t- tying more into your guys' world. Um, business has been off its head as well. Um, hired three more staff in the last week, um, two weeks, sorry. So that's been really awesome as awesome. well. Um, yeah, just all things, all systems go really um, awesome. Yeah, there's no off button at the moment. It seems everything's just buzz. Yeah, so. every time, every time I see a story, it's just like. All right, I'm off to I'm off to Tamworth and then I'm going to Cairns. I don't know who's more uh, all over the place, you or Sandal, because uh, whenever I watch either of your stories, you're <laughs> yeah. somewhere, man. Yeah. So I was like, what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> man, we had a PB last time. It was um, it was only last week. It was the week before. Had a, a string of seminars at it. Um, went for a, what was it went like Newcastle to Musselbrook to Mudgee to Dubbo, back to Sydney, flew to Darwin, did seminars in Darwin, left a seminar, drove to the airport from the seminar, flew from that seminar to Sydney. Hit stores, kept going, drove to the warehouse back here in Newcastle. Like Jesus, it's it's that that's even for me that's fucked up. Uh, it was yeah, it's been wild. Um, but sometimes you got to take see what you can do. So yeah, stress test it every now and then, killing Jesus it. Christ. And we're here, we are complaining. <laughs> yeah, it's all <laughs> always complaining, man. <laughs> oh, we're so busy. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We had to get audio gear. It's good. Um, no, yes, it's, it's but it's fair. It's fair. It's all relative. It takes ten years to keep to acclimatize to a certain level mm. of, of stress. So, mm. um, and that's what we're talking about today, which is yeah, we, which is yeah. Nice. yeah. Before we get into that, I just want to say that your product, the uh, recover the tablets, the magnesium restore. Oh. That it has been a fucking game changer. Yeah, massive game changer. Game man. changer. Thank you, gentlemen. I've had I don't know how many bottles I've gone through now, but <laughs> since <laughs> yeah, since, we uh, we've, we had some for the ad read. Yeah, uh, yeah. I he's, took like, he's like, can I take them? I'm like, oh, I've got to do the ad read. He's like, yeah, but I need them. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good, man. Like ever since like when I was saying, I think last time we spoke, I was saying what my sleep was like four hours. Yeah, yep. Uh, now it's anywhere from like six, seven, eight sometimes. Even Oof. had a uh, ten, ten and a half in there oh. a, a couple of weeks ago, which was mm. great. Yeah, it's massive, and massive, you, massive. You? Oh, like like we said before, like you. my dreams was like like I was dreaming. I was, but like this just sends me to another fucking dimension. <laughs> I'm just like feed me and get me to bed. Like last what was last night. Last night was a bit of a different one. I stayed up a bit later. Um, watched uh, a movie on Netflix, so I didn't get to bed till like eleven thirty. But woke up at seven, which was probably a little bit less than optimal amount of yeah, sleep. Yeah, but but 
top of the world. Yeah. Dreaming. It's um. Yeah. I've also like I'll stop having it for a few days too, and to see if I can still try and keep it around. And I, I do. Like yeah. yeah I've been while Ram used to be like forty nine minutes, and now it's going into like two and a half hours and stuff. <sighs> Man, that's the sort of stuff when you, when people talk about time in bed versus sleep quality, right? Because everyone and this is an interesting one. There was a study with um they had over Apple did it actually with the um, American Metal Association. So it was the AMA with Apple, and mm-hmm. they they looked at over two million nights sleep data that they pulled wow. from the Apple Watches and all the wearables. And they looked at, uh, I suppose, the average uh, amount of time in like, sleep quality and sleep time in bed versus reported sleep. So someone mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm in bed at 9 p.m., you know, and I get up at 7, so that's 10 hours, right? Mm-hmm. They over-reported it, an average of 30, 36 minutes was the, was the over-reporting of how long they actually slept to. So, mm-hmm. so what they would find is you'd get to bed, at, so you'd crawl into bed at 9, yep. but it would take them that 36 minutes on as an average to get, so they weren't actually in sleep initiated properly for nearly 40 minutes later, so yeah. maybe at 10, then they wrapped it through. So if you think you're in, in so, and this is this is interesting because like a lot of the uh, st- studies that look at where, de- like they literally defined sleep in, like sleep deprivation as a form of torture, right? Like they did it with Navy SEALs where they put them on, their way of stress testing, it was five, they put them on five hours of sleep a night um, for, uh, for a week, right? And it, it, it it was incredible. It lowered their testosterone, the equivalent of aging 10 years in a week, right? Wow. Just sleeping five hours. Now, where this is relevant is that people, when you look at, they over-reported their sleep by half an hour or closer to 40 minutes at 36 minutes. Well, a lot of them were getting six hours, seven hours sleep anyway was the reporting amount of time. Mm-hmm. So they're actually more like five and a half, five-ish. And five hours is where you're dangerously close to basically literally calling it torture. It's sleep depri- sleep deprivation that will induce massive hormonal issues and that was wow. a huge chunk of the average population was sleeping six hours, over-reporting it by nearly 40 minutes. So it was actually only five and a half. And then they wonder why we have so many mental health issues, so many mm-hmm. crises, so much stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. bipolar disorders, all these issues and people having poor, like low testosterone and metabolic diseases, type 2 diabetes, we're all inflamed, we'll have gut issues. And it's like, no wonder why. Like everyone's you know so stressed, not sleeping as well. And sleep quality's crash. So when you look at like your time in bed, even if you analyze your six hours in bed previously with 49 minutes of REM, Versus six hours in bed with two hours of REM, that is a polar opposite hormonal response, metabolic response, well, aging I've response. I've noticed if I do have, like, if I once it's anything over an hour of REM, mm. I've, I feel so good. Like, I feel yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the thing is, the night before, I um, I think it was like 49 minutes or something, and then I um, I didn't feel too good. Yep. And the next night it was two and a half hours, and I was just like, I woke mm. up, and I think I had like, I think it was six and, six and a half hours sleep, and I just felt so good because my, like, the way I've I've started to realize is do a nice breath work and like reset my nervous system. Yeah, yeah. Do that before bed, That's and then I'm so much more calmer and I can just fall. I just doze straight. Like I'm I'm clockwork. Eh? Like seven thirty comes around, I'm starting to tire. Have the uh, tablets. I will do my breath work, and then boom, I'm gone. Eight o'clock out of there. The mm. breath work's a cracker one. What you guys do is really interesting because a lot of ways of physically manipulating the nervous system. Yeah, mm. breath like doing breath work, doing ice baths, doing like working when you are dropping people into a space, so to speak, and so on. Where you know where, where winding them into a parasympathetic place, right? Like your nervous system's got the two the two settings and you're, you guys are like, by doing those guided breath works or meditations or ice baths, you're helping basically modulate their nervous system whichever way you want to go. Mm. If it's an ice bath, it ramps it up. Yep. Mm. And like we said last time, that's why a lot of time you felt fantastic after an ice bath before because that's probably the first time you've had a healthy cortisol response in the morning mm. for a long time because if you were getting, you know, sub an hour of ram every night, you would have been feeling like a zombie in yeah. the morning. So you know that's the the ice baths and things and the hot and the saunas they're a they increase the stresses they put a a stress response on our nervous system that we hopefully 
have a positive adaptation to. And then the breath work, the guided meditation, all those sort of great things, they actually wind it down. And so mm. we can use those things mm. periodically as sort of life hacks to where we need to be up, we can be up. Where we need to be down, we can be down. Um, yeah, yeah. A good combination. I like doing the both. Supplemental hacks and life hacks. That's mm. a much more thorough way of yeah. very yeah. holistic. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I've, I've noticed a massive difference since like you getting your sleep and new routine and like... Well, I shouldn't say new routine, but like and more more adherent to the routine, I guess that would yeah. be the word. And um, yeah, it just seems like he's like just pepping his step. Like, like this one, the work, the work wife. I like this. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like this one. I've noticed my work wife that is much more for everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, so much yeah. fresher now. Um, I, like, I like that. That's yeah. cool. And, yeah. and it, it is. It makes like it flows on so nicely to all other areas of life, which is how composed we are, how mm. we, you know how we deal with stress, and like all we see in like if you look at top level athletes. Um, so there was a nutritionist who worked with um literally nothing but gold like gold medalists right like high level olympians and the thing they like the real the interesting part they kept finding is that have uh they put people through the same battery of tests the same suite of tests and the only thing that really decided whether they were going to have a positive or negative adaptation was their tolerance for stress their ability for their body to actually take a beating and how they perceive that stress and how they responded to that stress and how they backed up to stress so stress tolerance was basically like was one of it was the biggest deciding factor that would make these people either subpar athletes or gold medalists because it was if you could back if you were stress resilient you would imply stress on your body you'd adapt positively and you'd hopefully progress whether it was build muscle get faster get stronger whatever mm. alternatively if there was someone who just stress just knocked them they would just take that hit and then just be in a hole and they might recover to here mm. instead of recovering past you know and actually getting a positive adaptation they just dig themselves a hole and we see this a lot with probably maybe people you've you know see it connection days and stuff yeah people who have come in they've just you can just see it sunken eyes like really like you know forward traps rolled posture and really um just beaten down their nervous system is so fried yeah. years of chronic stress chronic trauma chronic issues have just really pounded them and it's they're they're, they're so they've dug themselves such a deep hole Mm. it can take even using like even with restore and stuff it might take me weeks to pull these guys out of a place Mm. you know um to get them to a a functional spot uh and get their nervous system healthy enough to get them back to a point where you've earned the right to apply a stressful situation and get a good response again yeah Mm. um yeah athletes are cracker one for it actually but even like shift workers and nurses and parents parents have broken sleep for years yeah Yeah. years of broken sleep and Mm. You know, and, and then apply to that. The solution to that is caffeine, right? And caffeine's a stressor and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, funny enough, all those little segments, all those nice little uh, um, rabbit holes we just covered, um, tying beautifully to today. But yeah, yeah, you want to talk about what we talk about it? Yeah, probably should, shouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. It's, I think yeah. we went to do it a while ago, but never did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got carried away again, <laughs> like like we do. Um, That's right. We made sure this. I made sure that I had nothing on after this. Family dinner's cancelled, so you've got me. <laughs> I've just got the footy and that's it. So <laughs> oh, copy. Okay. We can film that too. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan podcast. Joe on. Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's dump three hours on this thing. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's good. I think that where we where we tried to go the first time and failed. Um admittedly, good content. I got quite a few messages after the first one and I was really yeah. like a lot of people got value out of it. Yeah, so. I had a lot of people message me too. They oh, said nice. they really enjoyed your podcast and they got a lot out of it as well. Unreal. Yeah. Beautiful. That's what we're doing it for, right? Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. all, we're all here for our own accord. It's not a sponsored yeah. podcast. We're not getting paid for it. It's a we're not yet. Yeah, not yet. yet. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. Spotify, um, come on. We're trying. Yeah. Spotify. Give us, yeah. deal. Come out Give us that 20 million deal. <laughs> we got this. Um, yeah, but we're putting out value because it's it's what we do. So exactly. uh, and the value we want to, we want to um, play with today, I suppose, we want to dispense today is around how that stress we just briefly touched on impacts female hormones more so and mm-hmm. female physiology because uh, I suppose this is something we're looking at doing an event around in 100%. person. Um, 
So we're going to talk about it here in content and just probably glance over some areas to be considerate of mm-hmm. with the intention of we're going to do a more of a seminar in person with a workshop running you guys through um, some of the lifestyle hacks we'll talk about, some of the supplemental hacks, some mm-hmm. of the techniques you guys go through as well to really holistically tackle this. But yep. this will be a bit of a preface to an event we're planning. Um, when this comes out, hopefully in coming weeks, we can mm-hmm. put something together mm-hmm. and um, this will be sort of a bit of a sneak peek at the content. Yeah, mm. nice. Very nice. cool. Floor's yours, mate. You yeah, take it to where you, you want to go. You take it. Yeah, no, like, we're ready. I'm, cool. I'm a. I'm in. Pretend I'm the audience. <laughs> <laughs> where are you sitting right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ready there. We know this one now. Yeah. So, so many people were like, um, one of the guys at work. I got him onto your just have a listen to your one. He fucking loved it. He's like, what questions you got for him? I said, bro, I ain't writing no questions. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm gonna talk to him at the start and then I'm gonna let him go. <laughs> I think the, and I think all right. Preface this then. So we're gonna preface the preface. Also, what's re- what we're talking about here is relevant for men as yeah. well because. Sure. Massive reduction, like testosterone gets smashed by stress. So we're mm. going to focus on females specifically because that's the event we're going to gear it towards to start with. Yep. But um, for guys who are listening, don't tune out because this is all equally disruptive to your guys' bio- biology. Uh, so like when I referenced that Navy SEAL study before, that chronic, that, you know, literally just a seven-day period, one week of that induced stress, it took them, not only did it smash testosterone, it was something like 15 or 18% down. So that, that was what natural aging would take 10 years to do. It also took something like six weeks to recover. So he got yeah. hammered and it didn't bounce back straight away. It wasn't like one week of stress, one week to recover. It was one week down, a month and a half to get back up to baseline. So these are lasting impacts. These are significant impacts statistically and otherwise. So I think it's just, but it, it, for the guys as well, it, it, it's worth listening because a lot of the symptom pictures and things we'll talk about to spot imbalances, spot issues mm-hmm. are also the same for men. The If we're looking for... What are the like telltale signs if there are hormonal imbalances in ladies and guys? It's yeah. always very similar turf. It's you know stress. It's anxiety. It's holding stubborn body fat around your lower stomach, maybe your lower back. Uh, maybe you're holding uh, more so with the ladies. It might be also you know more glutes and hamstrings and around the thighs and legs too. But mm. guys definitely hold it um, in very similar places. You know back of your arms. Uh, the, but the stress, the anxiety, the um, the low libido as well, having low sex drive finding they're not really recovering from, if they are exercising, they're not really recovering from exercising anymore. Maybe they're spinning their wheels and not really progressing. With fat, If they're trying to lose weight, they find it's very stubborn to lose weight. They might find they actually keep hitting plateaus regularly. They'll lose weight very inconsistently. It might be week one, they lose weight. Week two, they lose weight. Week three, they hit a wall. They have to adjust calories or do more cardio or something. Week four, lose a bit of weight. Week five, hit a wall again. Have to drop calories again, have to adjust. They're constantly having to try and like, make changes to keep getting any sort of results, right? And these people find it very difficult to lose weight. They find it very difficult to build muscle. They just find they just their body's like resisting change. It's resisting exercise. It's resisting progression, right? So, and, and so I guess these certain pictures are common for men and women too, though. So guys, you don't have to tune out. This is all relevant content for you too because the, the principle is the same. Stress impacts your hormones. Hormones impact mood, energy, recovery, stress, sleep, libido, literally quality of life. So... Mm-hmm. Um, but what I want to unpack is we, we did a pretty good job, I think, in the first podcast of going through some of the sources of stress and some of the ways that, you, that plays out in your body. So I think we can sort of refer some people back to some of the the basic concepts we spoke when we just spoke about stress as a whole. And I guess we will preface that um, we're talking about stress ors, not just stress. So it's not, are you anxious right now when you're listening to this podcast? Are you mentally stressed? We're saying, are there, we're talking about stress ors on your body, which... Mm. Is it, which can be things like under eating, it can be over training, it can be over caffeination. Almost everyone lives on caffeine and eats bugger all food. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot believe how many people under eat. It's almost everyone under eats and over caffeinates. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then we've also got, you know, relationships and families and jobs and training and all the other stuff that we try and throw in on top of life as well. And mm-hmm. sleep quality going to, you know, being less than ideal, work being high stress, finances being high stress. There's lots of sources of stress, but it's not necessarily, are you anxious right now? And then finally, before I crack in, um, it's worthy of note that anxiety itself although it is definitely an indicator of stress, it's a symptom of stress. Anxiety isn't a condition. Anxiety is a symptom. So when people say, I have anxiety, well, no, you have a symptom of high stress hormones. Mm. So it's a symptom, not a condition. So it's, a, I suppose, just, just as an interesting sort of side note, because a lot of people now, I think it's almost trendy to say we have anxiety. Mm. But we can't, it's being said. Yeah, a lot of people say it. A lot of people say it, right? Mm. And it, it, well, of course you do, for one, because we live, in, we live at such a pace now that, we have so much on our plate, so much stress, so much caffeine, so little food, so so much True. going on. People are running a redlining, mm-hmm. right, without even realizing it. And I suppose, apart from one of your major stress hormones, adrenaline is one of them. And if you imagine giving someone a shot of adrenaline, mm-hmm. then saying go to your work desk and just do go about your day, yeah, mm-hmm. you'd be an anxious wreck. You'd be jittery, fright. You'd be, you know, in a, you'd be really, you know, wired, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what we're doing when we're causing these stress responses in our body we're saying release adrenaline release cortisol release these stress hormones and then just go about life and people wonder why they have anxiety it's not a condition it's it's a symptom mm. it's a perfect result actually it's your body doing what it should it's just unfortunately we are the way we live now is a bit dysfunctional compared to how we evolved we were meant to have a given stressor a given stressful situation something would you know we'd be attacked we'd have to run away we have to survive or flight or fight mm. now everything is flight or fight Every, you know, whether it's a stressful call from a boss you don't want to have, juggling relationships, jobs, cost of living, juggling everything on top of... It used to be probably 12 months ago, you'd sort of talk about stress and people would be like, yeah, I'll sort of consider there might be stress. Now I say, I'm going to talk about stress tonight. Everyone goes, oh, yeah. And I hear that, that response, right? Just 100%. like, oh, yeah, fuck stress, cool. Like everyone now, I feel, is finally on the same page. They're like, they weren't aware of it before. Now everyone is cripplingly aware. It's like a dull roar going, fuck, this is full on. Yeah. Mm. So... And I think that's probably even like the last six to 12 months, I think people have really started just, everyone I'm talking to at seminars and stuff is like properly approaching burnout. Um, and they're very aware that they're very stressed, which is rare because most it, it sort of becomes background noise for a lot of people. So mm. uh, now all that being said, um, what we want to talk about today being how all that stuff, so how those background stressors, they lead to our body liberating our stress hormones. So, so liberating adrenaline and cortisol in response to things that it perceives as stressful. Now, where this is relevant with ladies in particular is that we're a bit lucky as men in that our biology isn't geared towards reproduction as much as women. Now, the reason that's relevant is that if your biology is geared towards reproduction, it will always ask the question, am I safe? Do I have enough food? Am I secure? Am I stable? Do I have shelter? Do I have all the things I need to reproduce? And if the answer is no to those questions, and it will ask its environment very frequently those questions, then it won't. Then it will start to very quickly downregulate primary sex hormone production in response to it because it goes well. If I don't have enough food, if I am not safe, secure, stable, and have shelter, I'm not going to reproduce because that's not in, in nature. We never would. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at how animals, you know, that's the reason it's seasonal, right? Like, a, you know, they don't just breed year round. It's usually around when there's actually abundant food, when temperatures are a little bit warmer. You know, around spring, for example. You know, so as opposed to middle of winter. So we seasonally, animals always pay attention to when there is food, when it's better conditions, when it's... And we actually are very similar with our biology. So Mm -hmm. with the ladies, what we find is because their biology is prioritising reproduction as the... uh, what it's looking for, it'll... It's actually a bit... Probably more sensitive to environment, almost. Both, like, male and female, it's gender neutral with, like, how we interpret our environment. We still all have plenty of stress and that still smashes both our hormones. But the difference is the primary sex hormones get really hit first because 
it, it, if it thinks for any reason I shouldn't be reproducing, it won't. Mm-hmm. And therefore it starts going, well, if I've got, you know, one resource that all of my hormones come from, which is cholesterol, if I've only got one place that all hormones come from mm-hmm. and I have to figure out, do I put that down there to make estrogen? Do I put it down here to make cortisol? Do I put it down there to make thyroid hormones? Do, where do I, if I put it somewhere, where makes the most sense? And if the body's constantly saying, hey, I'm in flight or fight, I'm freaking out, it's going to push it all down the adrenal pathway, all down the pathway to fuel these survival hormones, to make more of those survival hormones because your body will never let it run out because it goes priority one is survival of the host, then reproduction. This is, there's like this hard wiring in our system that is like, survival of the host nothing our body will never let us get in a situation where it's going to die right mm. so mm. it'll go survival is your survival hormones which is flight or flight stuff so you've got one one source for hormones one big one big job that it won't let you not do and that's make more stress hormones so you'll always be able to like run away from the tiger right? but we've got a lot of tigers now so mm. people are making bucket loads of hormone and it's pulling resources away from the other guys unfortunately so it's starting to if you've got the one place it's all coming from it's this is all oversimplified grossly but it's pulling a lot of resources towards i suppose fueling that adrenaline and cortisol that adrenal angle we call it and that means it's pulling it's robbing you of from the estrogen progesterone testosterone pathway all the primary sex hormones you need to have health and vitality exuberance good mood and quality of life you know Mm. so and fertility and you know regular cycle and what have you so what will the ladies see if this is relevant well um as we said fertility was the buzzword there we're talking about reproduction the stress will smash your cycle like almost like like clockwork it will make it not clockwork it'll disrupt it you'll usually see regular cycles you might see spotting on some months you might see it very heavy heavy period the other one even if it's severe stress even skipping periods as well um, to a point where severe stress can actually cause it to stop altogether Mm. you see this in athletes you see this in people who've got really high pressure jobs like amenorrhea we'll call it hypothalamic amenorrhea where essentially the the stress signals are so strong that that resource has been robbed for so long it down regulates sex hormone production for so long that we literally don't have the hormonal load anymore it's like going through menopause essentially it's like it's going i don't have enough hormones to actually produce a period to release an egg to actually bother having a period so it stops and this is where you get people who have gone through you know comp prep diets or gone through severe dieting phases or severe stresses or relationship breakdowns or had massive life trauma events and their cycle just gets thrown out of whack so that's like the most obvious symptom that, we, that women have that we don't as men mm-hmm. It's far more obvious with women because they're lucky enough to have a cycle. We can, we got like a, we look under the hood very easily and go, sweet. Well, if you're super irregular or it even stops altogether or it's inconsistent, chances are there's an issue there. Yeah. Um, so that's the first place to look. Um, and then we roll through into body fat distribution. This is a common one too. So, stress, if we've got high stresses for the ladies, you'll notice that it makes it. Because it impacts estrogen for one, it'll usually result in some imbalances downstream there. So that will usually do one of two things, but almost all of them is distribution of body fat around your lower stomach. It'll hold it onto your stomach very, very hard. It'll be very resistant to exercise too. So no matter how, even if they're dieting and exercising and trying to lose weight, it will hold stubborn fat, particularly like in a belt. It'll do it around their lower stomach or in their lower back, their love handles as well. Like just in a belt around here, it'll hold stubborn fat. Um, in men, it's lower chest. In women, breast, like, breast size will fluctuate. Back of the arms as well is a kicker. And then the hamstrings, glutes, like all around the legs and thighs. Mm. And it just clings. It's like impossible to move. Yeah, my um, lower hips, they like it just so stubborn. Like everywhere yeah. else is just like starts to get toned and then it's just like right there, just yeah. it ain't going. Classic. <laughs> and, you, and you'd be, um, and what's your genetics? What, what's your background like ethnicity wise? Are you like Islander or Maori? Yeah, Islander, yeah, yeah. yeah Maori, yeah. Maori, cool. Yeah. So like you guys are typically more um, what we call endomorphic body types, right? So endomorphic people who 
build muscle easily, build strength easy, but they also usually body fat comes with it as well. So you get like the strength, like you, the good, the pros are you can build muscle and strength easily. Mm. Um, but then the, the negatives are endomorphs typically have slightly higher estrogen, right? And estrogen is actually quite anabolic. It's a growing hormone. Like in women, it grows another human being, right? It's a very anabolic hormone. Tricky part with estrogen is it also comes with the territory of stubborn body fat. Like you said, lower back, lower hips and so on. And typically in like, you know, Samoans and Maoris and Islanders and so on, that's why, you know, a lot of you, you see a lot of them grow and they're like six foot six, 150 kilo, just big human beings. Yeah, I but missed out on that part. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come, maybe like gross birds come. I mean, you're still tall. Uh, yeah, you, said, you said the other day you got growing pains. I did. My legs were in so much pain. I think it's just because I did legs. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I feel like I've got growing pains. Yeah, yeah, growing pains. Yeah, those pains you get. I just did legs. I was just squatting then. <laughs> but it's mainly because I'm growing. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, so I, I, like that's, and that's a classic sign of like, so estrogen being playing out there so see how it's like quite stubborn and it's mm. the last place to move um, I'm an anamorph too so I can I can empathise with this so it can happen with both men and women this um, and stress will lower test and then in relativity that testosterone you might see that androgen ratio get played with and blah blah but point being you'll see it sharp physically mm. in where your body fat's stored as well so higher stress will invariably mean um, hormones get imbalanced imbalanced hormones will invariably lead to uneven distribution of body fat and in very stubborn areas that just don't move they just refuse to go. Diet and exercise just doesn't respond to it. The harder you train, the more the stress goes up anyway. And mm. the holder, it just clings and clings and clings. It's yep. this real, real kicker. And this is why um, I was talking to a, a girl at a seminar two, three weeks back. And she was saying every time she goes on holidays, she loses like five kilos out of nowhere. She's like, I go away, I drink, I party, I have fun, you know, let go on the diet, I just eat whatever I want. And she's like, I lose buckets of weight. She goes, it's the weirdest thing. She's like, I track my macros, track my steps, track weights, do everything. She goes, I go away, just cut loose. I lose five, six kilos. And she's lean. Like she was like probably a 60 kilo girl tops. She would have been 18, 90% body fat. Like a lean athletic, tracks everything, tracks meal preps, does it all. So for her to lose five kilos is like a shit ton of weight. Like she would only be, that'd be a quarter of her body fat to lose, you know. And it was because she went away in these environments, dropped all this stress off her body from day-to-day living, career, job, training, tracking, everything. And just took all that stress off. Body goes, oh, sweet. Mm. Can relax. Oh, maybe I, do I need to hold this stuff now? Because body fat is your body's energy stores, right? It's it's survival system, really. It's going sweet. Well, I need this if I, you know, if I lose a leg, or I need I need some calories stored as energy so I can, you know, fend for myself. So your body, when you're stressed, it goes well. Actually, I'm going to keep all the fat I can because this is my future survival system. I might, you know, might not find food for a while. I might not find shelter. I might not. I need calories stored. So I start storing body fat. So when people like drop the stress. Typically, it just starts melting away. Like, mm. you, and, and even in situations where you're eating, out, you know, you're drinking alcohol, you're eating bad food, and whatever, it's the, that's how powerful stress is. It like you still lose, um, still lose the weight. Mm. So it's a very powerful hormone. It'll override all other systems. But yeah, you'll see, and you'll see that quite often. And you start looking for it too with people. Like when they, when they, they walk into a shop with me or whatever, you just go, "Yep, Bing, you." And you can you start picking these pictures. Um, but yeah, so you, that body fat distribution is very much like a classic sign of like some sort of hormonal imbalance, usually more estrogen dominance, but um, and also particularly the lower stomach. Guys too, if you're finding it clings to that lower stomach, that's the last place you lose it from. Stress is almost always the culprit. Um, if you're someone who gets body scans too, high visceral fat, very, very common as well when stress is playing out. Now in the ladies too, we'll typically see, like we said, the symptom anxiety. That's a common symptom. Um, stress and anxiety is there. Hyperreactivity as well. If you find that you, sh- you just have a very short fuse, that's very, very common as well. Um, and then finally, we think also a bit of goldfish memory kicks in too. So they'll start like a bit foggy headed, take a while to get going in the morning. And then once they are going, they still just find it hard to just focus. Like they're just a bit all over the shop, just 
put your keys down, forget where you put them, that type of thing. You know, write any text, look away, look back. Oh, shit, what was I doing again? Who am I talking to, you know? Uh, you're on the phone for 10 minutes, hang up straight away. Oh, who, who was I calling again just then? Like, you literally forget. Yeah. It's just goldfish memory. Yep. So, mm. really, really common, that foggy-headedness, that stress and anxiety, that yo-yo sort of hyper-reactivity, the hot and cold, like the mood swings and irritability. Irritability is a big one, just everything gets to you. You just think, like, maybe you normally have a pretty thick skin that just paper right now you know like it, everything offends mm. and upsets us and just yeah it, all these sort of things play out so and then also we've got to sleep which we spoke about at length in the first episode and we you know i suppose all about sleep disruption as well we'll see low REM sleep low deep sleep mm. taking ages to get to sleep you'll be wired takes you a long time to wind down and get your head to calm down a lot of that mental chatter uh those are all very common sort of symptoms to look for if this is a relevant conversation for you so that's sort of how it'll, how it'll show up. There's symptoms of what will happen in women if we get the highest stress. Yeah. Um, now, I guess what we're going to go through, I'd like to hear from you guys actually what we, because um, this seminar we've been planning for a little while now. Mm. Um, what are some of the techniques that you guys like? Because we're talking about stress and how it impacts some hormones and whatever. Yep. So when you guys get people who have come in who have had chronic trauma, chronic stress, and really, you know, you can just see that it's highly strung people. Yeah. What do you, what, what are some of the things you guys have found have been quite handy to, to th- like work them through? What, what, have you got, what do you guys use when people are really, Really, just balls are just stored tension, right? What yeah, the definitely breath work is definitely the mm. breath controls those sympathetic nervous systems so well. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely breath imp- implementing two versions of breath. That one version of the breath increases the sympathetic nervous system, and the other one increases the parasympathetic nervous system. So, um, yeah, the sympathetic breath definitely. Um, focuses on like releasing traumas and processing traumas and allowing those traumas to come through their system. Um, it could be through, um, yeah, like crying, screaming. Um, we just did a breathwork session with the reconnection women last Sunday. So a few days ago, mm. and I think it took them like what, two minutes. Yeah, if that. Actually one of the girls, like, so at the start of it, we, I get them to go through like just a normal breath in through your nose, out through your, through your nose, just a sl- nice slow breath. And then I'll start to get them into the breath. And like, literally a minute, two minutes, they they just drop straight into it. Like they just went, they went for a day, and then um, I think we like, like the whole thing went for about twenty minutes. Normally we go anywhere from like half an hour to forty five. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's like twenty five minutes max. So we cut it off. So that type oh. of breath is at the end of the day. So by the time we get oh. to that at the end of the day, that it's, it's already at the surface. If yeah, that makes sense, yeah, like gotcha. it's already been coming up as it is so we s- get him into that breath and all of a sudden it's like that so oh, yeah. is yeah, that so a winding up breath or is that coming down one that's that winding, up. winding up winding so up. winding up yeah. breath at the end um and oh. we, we implement the um calming down breath um just after the ice bars so they've jacked their system come back into into the room and then yeah then we do the the calming breath so um without saying what it specifically is, it's more of a motion of it's in three nose, out three nose. But the way that we deliver it, it's thinking of like a wave coming up over the body, comes to the top, crashes, and then the water coming back out. That's you breathing out of your body. And it's more of like a visual representation of the wave coming in. So you're increasing your body, crashes at the top, and then you flow back out. And it's more mm-hmm. of just like a visual representation of, of, of seeing that coming in. Coming in. So... Um, mm. Yeah, those those two things and um, implementing those at the events is something that's, especially when people can take those two things home as well. Yeah, because yeah. you can use those breaths in like anywhere. Like I um I did it this morning. I did a cardio session this morning and it was all nasal breathing. And what I was doing in between, like so when I'd walk between machines, I'd, I was just going. 
just slowing it right down. And then like on a machine that I knew it was going to take a lot of breath out of me. I was just like, all I was focused on was just that nice slow breath through the whole thing. And it's just like, you can use it there or like yeah, if, right. if you do feel like you're getting a bit anxious, you can use it then as well. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah so you can pretty much like Tyson, he, uh, one of my mates who I work with, we're driving home today and he was real tired and he was just like, cause he's, he's a go, go, go person. And yeah. I looked over and he had his eyes closed and he was going, yeah. and just, I was just watching him. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, just calming myself down. And I was like, nice. Mm-hmm. It's good to watch. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way of doing things. It's so funny. It's, it's interesting having these ways of doing it. Cause I've always just done it. The, um, I suppose like uh, obviously we all go to where we come from. So I come up from like supplements. So I'll use mm-hmm. people like throughout the day, I'll use adaptogens like restore and so on. They'll use adaptogenic herbs like your ashwagandhas and rhodiolas and shizandras and lemon balms and holy basils and all these nice uh, like very old plants um, that'll do similar things where they'll modulate your nervous system and wind down stress when it's when you're too high or if you're a bit flat, it'll pick you up and that sort of thing. And it's interesting how you, um, hearing the different schools and how they do it is, is, is cool actually because it's, mm-hmm. And, and it's remarkable, actually. The, I didn't pay attention enough, I think, to how um, how potent perception is. So yeah. I think, like, so when you're saying um, even just visualizations, right? They, like, they've in many, many, many instances, they've proven you can just visualize a stressful situation, and it's an identical stress response than being in a similar one. So they, yeah. it's remarkable. But actually, one thing while we're on stress responses, um, one of the most common that I see that I've started talking about a little bit more recently is alcohol. So I think it's sort of a very socially accepted part of culture, but I don't think it's actually understood exactly how acutely stressful that is for the body. Yeah, and it's a very it's worth talking about because it's a lot of people's coping mechanism. It's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I seen I seen Billy Coffee's um, reel that you reshared the other day. That was very insightful on yeah on that. That was that was cool. So we did a seminar there at Pinpoint, which was unreal. So Billy's um, Billy was kind enough to put on a really good event where we spoke about some of the impacts of stress for athletes. You know, he's got some guys that take it real serious, guys who like really kill themselves in training, and um, but they also enjoy a drink on a weekend. Sure. You know, and I suppose they you sort of assume if you you know Monday to Friday they're strict as Billy just smokes them in the, in the gym just kills them. Um, they're all watching. Most of them are you know pretty clean eating, big on food, looking at like looking at everything. He's looking at hydration, looking at all of it. Then on the weekend, go out and have drinks and so on. And the amount of studies I can quote that are just like how deleterious alcohol is on every system in the body. We forget that it's that ethanol is a poison, right? Like our, our liver breaks, like metabolizes it, break it down to formaldehyde, which you'd find as a, a compounding glue. Like it's a, I suppose it's a very, very, um, it's a very potent and very toxic substance to our body. So what our body does is it ramps up acutely all of its clearance systems, all of its metabolisms to break that down. So it uses these enzymes, your cytochrome, cytochrome um, P450 enzymes to break that down at an accelerated rate, but it causes a very acute stress response, which is ironic because when you drink alcohol, it also boots GABA, uh, and GABA is a calming neurotransmitter, right? So GABA is a, um, the sort of neurotransmitter, the feeling you'd get if you had, hot, if you had you know, GABA elevated would be if you had just had a warm shower, nice warm bath, you're winding down, you're like, hmm. That nice calm, everything's cool, winding down. Typically, you see GABA elevate around bedtime. So it's like that nice, just calm, easy going. It's the exact opposite to stress, basically, is GABA. And it increases GABA. But at the same time, alcohol acutely causes a very, very significant stress response and disrupts sleep quality, which will chronically cause more stress. So humans started talking on alcohol recently how, how like more chronic consumption will lead to chronically elevated stress over time. So you get more stress response to a given stressful event. Any, you're going through life, something comes up. If you drink alcohol regularly, you'll have a bigger stress response to that event than if you didn't drink alcohol regularly. So it'll make you more stressed 
in any given situation, it'll disrupt the sleep quality, which means you'll have chronically more stress ongoing because broken sleep acutely increases stress. And then even to like, if they want to get a reliable stress response, so in rodent studies, they got rats, they would give them straight ethanol to cause a known measurable stress response. That was how they standardized it. They had rodents, they went, I want to, I want to actually create a stress study. They give them ethanol, they give them straight alcohol and it creates a reliable stress response in their body. It freaks the body out. And so alcohol is like ironically what most people drink to wind down and it's the mm. single most stressful thing. Now it also lowers testosterone in men and it increases estrogen. So we just spoke on it for 15 minutes talking about how estrogen makes body fat cling to all the stubborn areas on your body. Estrogen imbalance can lead to a slower metabolism. It can lead to um, poor blood sugar control, craving sugary and fatty foods, having a sweet tooth, poor sleep and stress and anxiety. All these things that having imbalances with estrogen can cause, right? We're drinking something that lowers testosterone, increases estrogen, smashes gut health, increases stress hormones, decreases sleep quality. So it's a socially acceptable drug, but it's a terrible drug. And it's mm. so what can people do to like around estrogen or te- like testosterone like to bring those levels back up? Yeah, of course. So I go from the um, from the supplemental place. There's some cool herbs. So I love in testosterone. I like uh, Tonkat Ali is really cool. Tonkat is a one of the ginseng families, Malaysian ginseng or Eurocoma longifolia. It's a really cool plant. Um, though issue that 200 milligrams of that twice a day will increase uh, free testosterone about 37 percent. It'll also decrease cortisol about 16% at the same dosage. Mm. So that's pretty powerful. Thirty-seven, like Reducing a hormone nearly 40% is massive, right? Mm. That's a huge, huge thing. So it'll increase free testosterone 37% and then decrease cortisol 16%. I also like bulbine. Bulbine natalensis is an African aphrodisiac and it, it increased free uh, total testosterone by 40%. Uh, and then uh, it also was for, if you're someone who's, the stress smashes the libido, bulbine also out it actually beat Viagra in a placebo-controlled study for um, arousal, for perceived arousal. So it, it was it's incredibly potent. So the Africans use it as an aphrodisiac. So it's a very, very potent uh, modulator of your of sex drive and libido, but it also increases uh, total testosterone quite highly. So bulbine natalensis is fantastic. Um, and then I also like shilajit and ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is a great one because it'll, it'll increase testosterone through basically taking the burden of stress off the body. Ashwagandha is a really awesome adaptogen that I'll um that you know people who come along to these days I'll talk about heat at length about how it'll help take the stress off your body and help your body adapt and your nervous system adapt to a stressful environment and by taking that stressful burden off the body as we're talking about with the reproduction conversation if we have this chronic stress over here our body's going to down regulate to feed resources over there so what they can do if we can take that that signal over here off we go, oh, sweet, well, I can start pushing resources back down towards the primary sex hormone pathways. So it can help to basically tell your body to go, no, start prioritizing hormones again. Start mm-hmm. sending resources mm-hmm. where it's needed. So ashwagandha is really good. Um, and shilajit's wicked. I love shilajit. Um, that stuff's really good for, like, it increased sperm motility, so um, healthier sperm, like 40%. Increased total sperm production by 63%. Huge, huge. So anyone who's looking at um, testosterone from the angle of fertility, um, wanting, to have, you know, wanting to have kids and or just even in general for themselves, just wanted to be you know healthy and fertile and virile. That, that's shilajit's wicked. And it also makes you a lot more resilient. Um, it helps with nutrient absorption, helps with energy production. Really, really cool. So shilajit, tonkadali, bulbine natalensis, ashwagandha, they're like studied through and through. Awesome data, all human as well. Bit of rodent, but a lot of human data too. Mm. Um, so that's a good one. Now for estrogen, Supplements I like for those, depending on where they're at in the spectrum, Vitex is one of my favorites. So Vitex is a really awesome herb. Um, a lot of like naturopaths use Vitex when there's hormonal imbalances floating around. It's otherwise known as chased berry. Um, it's a really, really cool 
uh, sort of very natural herbal supplement, but it'll very potently modulate uh, production of things like um, progesterone for one. So to get a period to be actual regular, it requires a delicate dance of estrogen and progesterone and Vitex will stimulate the production of progesterone, which is very, the part that basically comes along and tells the period to, to mature, uh, release an egg and have and actually function. So for fertility, progesterone is crucial, but it also balances the, it, it offsets when we have dominance of estrogen. So when we're talking about all that stubborn body fat stuff, mm. that's when estrogen gets too high. So Vitex will stimulate its antagonist, progesterone, to balance things and bring back things back into balance. It'll also lower prolactin and it'll also boot dopamine a lot. So if you're someone who struggles with, because of those imbalances, you've got stress and anxiety and low motivation and low mood, Vitex is going to boot that dopamine through the roof and get you really motivated. So it's a really good one for mood, really good one for balancing progesterone estrogen, helping fertility, and it gets your cycle like clockwork. Really, really good. And then you got to look at stuff for liver um, as well. So you want to look at, you know, your NAC is really good. N-acetylcysteine is really popular now. So NAC is a really great one to use. It'll help support liver function, phase two detoxification, inflammation as well, um, massive antioxidant potential for oxidative stress. So NAC's really cool too. So I like Vitex, I like NAC. DIM, D-I-M, DIM's really good as well. Um, so there's some there's some of the three sort of heavy hitters, I'd say, on the, the estrogen side of the fence. They're good sort of supplements to use. Mm-hmm. They're the things that I formulate with when I'm making hormonal products. I'll typically build my formulas around things that work on on usually the stress system, liver and, you know, I suppose detoxific- detoxification. And then I try and look at s- supporting those primary sex hormones. It's, if you got, it's amazing. I've had people do bloods for me on all, on all the different formulas I've built. So I've had like eight people do blood work on my testosterone formula. I've had guys that are in there. Um, I had a guy that was 26, right? So he was only in his mid-20s, owned a gym, was a PT, was shredded himself. Like he was in amazing shape. And he was. we did his bloods before and his testosterone was down to like eight. Now the range is eight to 30. And this dude's in his 20s, shredded. He's a PT who teaches other people how to be in good shape. He's a, like walking set of abs. Like this guy you'd look at and go, he's like the picture of health, right? His testosterone was that of like a 70-year-old man at 26. I started asking him, man, why are you t- what's happened here, right? Like how can you have the testosterone of an old man in your 20s despite being fit, lean, training, active, you know, tr- tracking everything? And he had, he had a relationship breakdown, running a small business. So obviously all the crushing pressures of, you know, staff and cash flow and whatever. So he had financial stresses, a relationship breakdown, and was working long hours. Just stress. Smashed it. Kid in his 20s. Testosterone of a 70-year-old man. And it was remarkable. So this is really, really impactful. And same with women. I've had so many women that have had, they haven't had a period for a year. You know, they've had a really stressful situation, maybe like a relationship breakdown, moved into state, a job fell through, they've whatever. You know, have gone through a comp prep where they've been through extreme dieting phases for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And, their periods, and they haven't had their period back for a year afterwards. Like it takes a long time to recover from these big stress events. So um, yeah, it, it's, been, it's been a bit of an uh, interesting journey seeing how much this impacts both men and women. But yeah. Obviously, our talk will gear towards the girls. So, mm. yeah, but I've seen it on both sides of the fence too. So, for the mm. guys, like, it's really worth paying attention to what are, your big, what are the big rocks you can move in your life to try and help balance them and stress out. Oh, man, I'm thinking so much shit in my head at the moment. I'm like, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> so much shit I need to do. <laughs> what, are some of your, uh, what are some of your big rocks I'd say for stress? Because most people, when you ask them what, do, what would be your sources of stress, they can usually pick it. Um, and we'll try and see if we can't find some relevant lifestyle hacks or sub hacks to try and work around it. So you, you're you a... Definitely work hours. Yeah. Which yep. is like, so I'm up at 2.30 and then I'd go to bed at 8. Mm. So it's a... Big day. Big day. Yeah. So it's a lot of like, working two jobs mm. and then like stresses of that job. 
and then the, the stresses that we both have here, it's just um yeah, comes a fair bit. That's a good, see that's a good one where you can and especially that early morning rise right. So a few things there, circadian rhythm getting a little bit. Uh, I suppose because two thirty is it's a tricky one. Hey, I do the same. I get about three thirty to four thirty somewhere in that bracket, and when you start creeping in the earlier hours of the morning, you sort of if you think about it, most people, our body's got a really unique system in it. Um, it's this uh, amazing nuclear clock, and it's in the roof of our mouth. Weirdly enough, this is the weird part, and the pineal glands in the eyes sense light and then use that light to determine uh, basically feed information to this nuclear like this nucleus to tell our body and every single cell in your whole body. Is it day, night, when we're going to sleep tonight? So when you see light in the morning, your body knows exactly when it's going to sleep. Mm. So it sets the clock. Mm. Second you get light exposure in the morning, it'll tell you, sweet. Now, the tricky part is when you wake up at 2 a.m., there's no sun for four, five hours. So yeah. uh, it's, it's... Well, I wake up with that, um, I've got a sunrise clock that I use to wake yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of using sound, so I just use that clock that'll tell me, all right, it's time to get up. It's a nice way to wake up too. It's so good. It's I nice. um, Yeah, it's been... I haven't woken up to alarm in I don't even know how long. Good way to do it, man. Because yeah. that's a like, you think about um, how you start the day, perception, right? It's a big thing. Um, I like a lot of people associate alarms with the uh, with like negativity, and with uh, they've. I think that's very important. Um, that's that's a really cool little hack. But the the and look, even light exposure is a good life hack for a lot of people. We'll obviously go through a lot more of the life hacks in person as well at this at this event. But yeah. one of the favorite ones is light exposure and timing your light exposure and trying to make sure. Um, whether it's even if you are an early riser and it's like like it's dark for three hours, so I get up and just every light in the house on, try and get as much light as we can. Uh, and if you're lucky enough to wake up near sunny time, uh, then it's usually about eight to twelve minutes of, of direct sun exposure is more than enough to set your circadian rhythm, set off your cortisol clock, set your cortisol rhythm nicely as well, get your whole body in tune and aligned with how it's going to be for the day. And it's interesting about 12, 15 hours after you like first see sun is when you go to bed. So it's like it's like predetermined. Whenever you, when you wake up and you hit light, 15 hours later, I'm going to be in bed. So you get up at 6 a.m., 9 p.m., down you go, right? And it's just as soon as you get that light in, but the tricky part is um, we also bring light into our evenings by having lights. So yeah. that's the other downside. So it's get light in the morning, <laughs> then don't get light at night is, mm. the, other, is the other hack to that. So, I like that. Yeah, because yeah, um, the way I worked out to get like these hours of like, awake and uh, go to sleep was when I was in the mines, I'd go to bed at like 9 30 10 yeah i'd be up at like three and it was just like it was so like it was so stressed from that and then like then transitioning out of that i was like all right i'm gonna go to bed at 9 30 i'll wake up at five or six mm. like doing like now doing this type of work and then it wasn't really working either like i'd still get through the day and i was so tired i felt like shit yeah. so then i just sat like when i was going from my sleep like working it out i'd wake up at always wake up around at two o'clock three o'clock time and yeah. I'd be awake, but then I'd have to like, I was like, oh shit, I've still got a few more hours to go. Like, I don't have to get yeah. out for another few hours, I'll go back to bed. That would fuck me up. So I was like, all right. And I could always fall asleep super early. So I could always fall asleep anywhere between six and eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, so my hours, I'm really good between those hours. So I was like, all right, what's going to work? And then I worked out 8 p.m. I have to be asleep. And then I'm going to wake up around 2.33. And then I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. A lot of people actually listening, if you're going to bed at a normal time too, feel like, a lot of people say they get about 9, 10 p.m. Mm. They still wake up at 2 or 3 a.m. And they might find they're really alert. So this happens with, yeah, a host of people. Um, so a lot of people that I'll, I'll be around, will get, like they'll find they'll report this as a sort of side effect when there's usually stresses on. One, they either toss and turn throughout the night or they get up to go to the bathroom once or twice or whatever. Mm. But another one is they'll get up at like, yeah, they'll wake up, like get up to go to the bathroom throughout the night like, and be like, oh, I'm feeling pretty damn good. 
look at the clock and it's like 2 a.m. Mm. So there's a little window between, it's probably between two and about, yeah, it's about two and three usually. Depends, some people it's a bit early, depending on your body clock, but somewhere in that window, 2, 3 a.m., is where your cortisol starts climbing a little bit naturally, starts coming up. Now, if it's elevated though, if you pick, um, for anyone listening versus watching on YouTube, there's, um, we're doing a curve here, but if you, <laughs> if you picture it normally starts climbing around three, it'll do a bit of a, you know, bell, imagine like a parabola, like a, um, a bell curve you'd see, right? Yep. So if it starts climbing around three, now the tricky part is if you've had a pretty stressful day the day before and that's still elevated, instead of it going like that, climbing up at three, spiking at four, five, up at six, it might already be high enough that it's like at high enough levels to wake you at three. Then you're really alert at four. Then you like it, it just brings that spike, it shifts it. So, and it's that can be a case of where then because it's shifted earlier, it also brings the whole curve. It's like that, it shifts it for you. So, like, like you said, now you've just built your day around that, which is like you're still getting the same total sleep hours and what have you. But a lot of people who have this problem, but they don't get up at 2 30, they have an office job, say, and they're like, hey, I don't need to be up till seven. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a big issue because they're going, why can't I stay asleep? Why am I getting up at 2 a.m. and feeling like it's morning and blah, blah? It's because their cortisol is so high from the day before that's starting to, it's actually starting to climb then. Cause it, yeah. It's where most people actually die, funnily enough, in hospitals, right? Most of the, um, the, week, the weaker hours between midnight and 2 a.m. is where most deaths occur. Because cortisol is a very powerful hormone. It regulates whether you, um, like blood pressure, heart rate, um, energy, metabolism, immune system function, like all of it is all governed by this survival system. And it's at its lowest between midnight and 2 a.m. So when cortisol is at its lowest, it's when the immune system is is least activated, when everything's really wound down. And that's where a lot of deaths occurred. So when they what they do like all oh, the, the nurses and stuff would come in and like get in the wards and really like you know windows open like wake up wake up get all the sun in get all the lights on like really try and get people up trying to spike that cortisol to get that back on to regulate all those systems and boot them up and that was how they try and I suppose get patients to get up mm. switch that immu- get that immune system back and get everything moving again switch off inflammation and get everyone going you know so it's it's mm. quite a good I bash it a lot cortisol but it's it's got some really positive effects too but that's interesting you said that that time you noticed you'd wake up anyway yeah. Um, because a lot of people say that when they when they they wake up throughout the night and just can't go to sleep. Well, that's how it used to be even before I was taking Restore. It'd mm. be like that. I'd wake up at two, and I'd yeah. be like fucking awake, and then I'd try and go back to sleep. Yeah. And then I started taking Restore, and then it like pushed me to like have those deeper sleeps. So when mm. I was waking up, I was sw- I was sweet. I was getting up there anyway, where I wasn't like having like four hours sleep, four and a half hours sleep, then going and get up, yeah. and try and do my day. Because <laughs> I've worked at two. It's like so. I'd get up, I'd do go to the gym, do go to work, and then around like two to three, I wouldn't be just like a big crash like it used to be. It'd be like it was, I'd be like, okay, I got to start slowing down. Six o'clock comes around, so six thirty seven, I'm getting a little bit slower. Like yesterday, I was a little bit like not heightened, but I was like I didn't feel very tired. Yeah. And I did one of our breath works, like the nervous reset, and I did that, and like fifteen minutes later, I was like, oh. Amazing how much you I was so calm down. and I was oh. just like boom straight into bed. Takes that edge off, hey, because a lot of people are running around on edge. Yeah, and they, and they'll tell if you ask them, they'll tell you like if, if like you know how do you, how are you feeling, how are you holding. I'm sure you guys probably hear it when they're talking about how they are massively. They're on edge. They're wired. They're, yeah. they're, and they literally are. It's, it's it's well, no one's taught like well, unless you do this type of work. Like mm-hmm. no one's you're not really taught how to control your nervous system like at school or anything. You know, like it's just pretty much just like you get taught to just work your ass off to get to where you want to be. Bingo. It's a remarkable thing with the whole like societal programming part of it too because we get conditioned to, you know, go up, work through school, work through uni, work through life, work, 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 hustle. And now like it's an interesting one because like the whole hustle culture is big now too. And look, I'm saying this is a bit of a hypocritical workaholic but there's a lot of um, 
the summer is very important to get a good role model on how how hard you need to work to get where you need to be. But the tricky part is we're already we're so overstimulated, overworked, we're under eating in a lot of cases because people will usually skip breakfast or skip lunch, but have a coffee. Yeah. You know, uh, have a light lunch on the go if they remember throughout the working day. Go home, have dinner, binge as they can, clean the cupboard out. But you're still probably in a massive calorie deficit regardless. But you've had two or three coffees to get you through the day and you're just running on pure adrenaline all day. And then there's this, you know, societal norm of you know, work harder, 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 faster, faster, do more, do more, be productive, do gym, do work, do so, be a partner, be a parent, be a everything. And mm. it's just so overwhelming. People just, it, it's, and so... I guess what, and some of these things like like sleep, we'll talk about heaps at this at this event, yeah. um, because some of like so much of the data that comes out of when if you can try and give your body one catches mitt, it's that eight hours. That's that's the biggest thing we can really modulate stuff with. Have you heard um, Matt Fraser speak about sleep? The CrossFit the guy. No, no, no. What's, what's his opinion on it? Or he's, how, um, he he, so when because he's like so good, mm. he's like five time world champion, or six time, whatever it was. Yep. He um the way he recovered was through his sleep. So he did like he did all these different types of studies. Like that's how I got the sunrise clock from. The idea yeah. I got it from him. Cool. Yeah, and he had a few other heaps of ideas. I can't remember the top of my head, but he had like all these things that he'd do. Like certain times you go to sleep, certain air temperature. He would always have his room set to a sep- like a certain temperature. Yeah, yeah, very. So good. So like when he went in there, it was like he it just dropped him down to that deeper sleep. It's a good idea. I do mm. it with a fan. Same, same. So the reason that body temperature is important is that your body's got this natural thing that it follows, and your body temperature is at its lowest at your deepest point of sleep. So you're meant to, and, and like, if you think about it, it's like your nervous system with breathing. Breathing will stimulate vagus nerve. Vagus nerve tells your body what to do. Like you've got this, um, these old systems that run these old architectures, right? And they, they all feed off each other. They all create this cascade. It's like a domino series, right? So if body temperature drops, your body goes, oh, this is what happens when I sleep deeply, right? So then it goes, oh, well, if I'm meant to be sleeping deeply right now, I should wind down cortisol because cortisol is meant to be low when I'm sleeping. So I'll wind some stress down. Okay. Oh, but if cortisol is low too, melatonin should start being produced because I'm about to sleep. So I need to get melatonin higher to switch off. So it'll start producing melatonin. And it goes, oh, I need to increase gabatone as well. So I'll increase some GABA production. That'll calm me down as well. Take the edge off when we sleep. And so it starts this cascade that happens. But it, and so doing these things, it's like why having a hot shower before bed is quite therapeutic, right? And mm. it can get you to a deeper sleep. It's because by having the extreme heat, like having a hot, hot shower, then our body hyper responds by you know we're going oh fuck we're too hot cools it down and in the cooling starts the cascade mm. so hot, like a hot shower is a good one actually a great way of getting a hack in like i'll throw down my restore if i've had a big seminar done you know like evening work i'll have restore and have a hot shower and it'll really like it's a really good one too then throw a fan on get in bed and throw a fan on and just drops that temp straight down so like playing with body temperature playing with like heat and cold mm. and then like it can be a really great way to i'm gonna give that one go mm. give that a go tonight for sure there's even some like some companies over in the states who have built businesses around um, their products are, oh, what's it? The chill pad, I think it is. It's a, it's a, like an underlay that goes under you instead of like an electric blanket heating you up. It actually cools you down. Um, yeah, it keeps like basically just a slight coolness under it. Because um, like ironically, if you sleep, I don't know if anyone's ever done this. If you sleep in pajamas or sleep with too many blankets on, you actually can wake up throughout the night and and like hot with dry mouth and dehydrated as well. We don't want to be too hot when we sleep. All right, enough to be comfortable and so on, obviously. But you know, you don't actually want to be hot because that'll send that direct like signal to to not it's sort of a counter signal right so mm. if we're meant to be at our low, we're meant to be lowering body temperature here not sitting really hot all evening it's going to keep us out of that so to get that deep sleep that's right it's modulating that that is really important and yeah. light light exposure is the biggest thing i can talk about like we evolved for hundreds of thousands of years to go up with the sun and down with the sun and then all of a sudden in a very very like in, in a grain of sand on the beach of human existence we brought in artificial lights in the evenings. 
There wasn't even streetlights in the 50s. Like, it's only been the last little speck of human existence we've had lights, artificial lights in our environment, right? Mm. So if you think about what that means is we're having, if our eyes are detecting this light, and the, and the eyes are directly connected to your brain, like it's remarkable, they're actually offshoots of your brain, they'll, they'll start telling you to be, it's going daytime. During the day, cortisol's high because we're meant to be up and have energy and move around. And this is how people can get home from work and be absolutely buggered, sit on the couch, got all your lights on, TV on, phone on, scrolling, all this stimulus, all this light, and they, they might find it takes them three or four hours to get to bed, even though they walked in the door cooked. And I, I, I see this, I mean, the parents all the time, I see this, you walk in and you're shattered and somehow you still find you don't get to bed until 2am. Because mm-hmm. you'll ask them and they say, oh, when do you go to bed? Oh, midnight. Why? Do you want to go to bed at midnight? Oh, no. Like, are you busy? No, no, no. I'd love to sleep sooner. Why aren't you? I'd, you know, I just sit up or watch a movie or I'll sit there and scroll for a while or what have you. And it's just that, because we've got that background adrenaline from the day, you just go, 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 yeah. go. We get here, sit, try and sit still. It's like that adrenaline sit still conversation, right? Go, 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 go. So what do you do? You keep your mind distracted, busy, numb it, distract it. You know, do whatever you can. Social media, phones, TVs, music, whatever the fuck you can to distract your mind from being so busy. Mm. Uh, and But because that, it's this ironic, it's this irony because that stimulus stimulates you, keeps that cortisol high. And then so it's this self-perpetuating system. You don't get it until 2 a.m., you have your four hours of shit sleep, wake up, oh, I'm cooked, do it all again. Mm. Reach for caffeine, skip the food, away we go. Interesting. Mm. So it's all about trying to break the cycle because it's a self-perpetuating one. All these systems mm. work off each other. And inversely, uh, you can try and, if we can course correct them, you can course correct a lot of areas at once. So if you can work on stress, you also in men boost testosterone. In women, you also increase fertility and cycle regularity and you improve body fat distribution and body composition. You you improve all these areas um, by dealing with one thing. And like light exposure, really big. Morning, really important. Night, not so, you know, really important not to have it around. We don't want stimulus. Um, In the evenings, we don't want to have, uh, I suppose, the caffeination. We don't want to have anything caffeinated after about 1 p.m. It's a it's a golden rule. Like it takes about eight hours to clear caffeine from your system entirely. So mm. you're having a, you know two hundred coffee's about a hundred milligrams of caffeine for a single shot. A double shot two hundred megs, and it takes half life is four to five hours. So if you have a double shot coffee, you know uh, at lunchtime, well that two hundred milligrams of caffeine, the half life so it's at a hundred milligrams at four or five p.m. Then it takes another four to five hours to clear that hundred megs. So imagine being at five p.m. when you get home, you know if you're trying to leave work, start to wind down and have a Red Bull worth of caffeine. Mm, mm. That's the, It's still there, stimulating that nervous system. That was my go-to when I was in the pub. Start yeah. work at four, okay, that's double shot big. coffee, straight into it. Yeah. Oh, night, and, and man, night work's a whole... Yeah. yeah. Shift work just r- stacks the deck, so unfortunately... Oh, oh man, when <laughs> I was underground up at uh, Orange, you'd have a coffee at like six, six in the afternoon and you'd be like, here we go, another 12-hour shift, then you'd just... You'd wake up in the morning, you'd be like, I've got to drive home, have a coffee. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. Shift work is a brutal one on the body, hey? Yeah. I've, got, I've got to almost start, I'm, I'm, I've got to almost start doing shift work separate talks because it's, it's and it's big here in the Hunter um, where it's we're huge. filming this podcast. It's massive, man. Got, yeah. We've got quite a few hospitals up here. So we've got nurses, paramedics. Mm. We've also got jails. So we've got jail workers as well are on shift work. We've got mining, which is obviously a massive employer for this industry. Yeah. We've got huge industry around here as well. So fabricators and tradies and stuff. There's so many, like all these industries are on shift work. Um, it, it was something like 24% of Australia's workforce is shift workers, um, which is massive. Wow. You wouldn't think it's that high. Hey, it's mm. fucking massive. Mm. Um, it is massive. So you got a lot of people who are literally completely inverting their entire biology uh, and then trying to live with the, you know, the, with no catches met. So it's a, it's a really, your work, yeah, work in itself is all, is already at a pace now that's cracking, but yeah, shift work on top. So 
what we're going to try and do is um, in this day uh, and run through because we've sort of spoken about the sources of some stresses, what it does to biology, what are some like what are some some of the early hacks with the the sleep and light manipulation and even look at body temperature and heat and so on. And then in the day we're gonna go through a bit more in depth and we can start diving into how to implement these properly, how to um, really do a deep dive on um, specifics of it, pull out studies on what those will look like. And then we could also talk about the supplemental stuff as well. Because yeah. um, both times I don't think we even actually touched on subs, um, with the exception of that testosterone section. And yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll start also teaching people what herbs to use and what doses awesome. and how to throw that around so and then we'll we'll incorporate ice bars sympath- uh, parasympathetic breath work beautiful that's going to tie in well it'll be a really really cool time modulate the nervous system both with uh yeah with some life hacks with some practices as well yeah teach you how to do it with supplementation and then with the idea of how to take that that burden of the stress off the body and really educate on nutrition supplementation hormones all of it so yeah. it's, it's going to be a cracker event I'm, I'm stoked for this one actually yes yeah, yeah. so this podcast can get you all fired up for it and get yeah. ready for it to yeah, yeah it's like a little, start coming in like a little tease just yeah gives, it just yeah. gives you all of the negatives and then none of the solutions uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so come to the come to the talk we'll give you all the solutions <laughs> we will we're, we'll get we guys the rundown and look by all means for a refresher we covered some pretty decent life hacks and stuff like that in episode one as well so yeah. um i just wanted to more so just highlight just get people mindful and mm. conscious of it. Start listening to your body. Start looking for some of these things. Are you foggy-headed? Is your libido shot? Are you pretty cooked at work? You're finding you're flying off the handle a bit more than you used to. Is your fuse a little bit shorter than it used to? Are you yeah. taking ages to get to bed? Do yeah. you it was that podcast that made it change. Yeah, that made me that made me um go through all that to like really look at my life and what mean? I'm where I could do better in and what I could change. Like <laughs> I think I'm, I pretty much I changed gyms and everything. Like I was just like, uh, I, yeah, it was because wow. I wasn't training because. Like I was training at a CrossFit gym, and the classes are like early morning, like five a.m., six a.m., and then last those are five and six, and yeah. I couldn't make them. So I was just like, I wasn't training, so I was like, all right, there's another one. I'm going to change the gym, so to go to a gym where I can just train anytime I want. So that changed, and all the sleep changed, like dieting, like everything. And overtraining's been this is a cracker one too. Actually, like talking of training, right? It is one of the most powerful things we can do. Just like an ice bath, it's purposely putting your your nervous system through hell to make it more resilient over time, right? So like training is like exercise is a great catcher's mitt and, and you see this in all health issues when people are talking about metabolic diseases heart disease stroke whatever it is all cause mortality when people exercised for 200 minutes per week all cause mortality reduced 44 percent all cause mortality not singular ones mm. nearly halved that's not even 40 minutes a day it's 30 28 yeah. 28 minutes per day crazy literally half hours of exercise a day and you can halve your chance of dying from mm. anything so it's the most potent catches me and exercise is phenomenal exercise and sleep honestly it, it, it like we're looking for sexy jingly things as, as you know the cure alls yeah. but the, the, our body has some very fundamental systems that respond very very potently mm. to some very basic needs mm. humans you know we have, we have a need for you know safety connection food shelter you know and and we yeah, we yeah we've got some very old systems with some very basic wiring but we manage to fuck it up really well in modern society so we, we yeah. <laughs> uh, i find that so much like men men or me, uh, yeah mostly men oh mm. uh, like um I'm, I'm not in control of my emotions and they're expecting me to come back with like you know this magic spell of being able to create like this you know control over emotions i'm like what, what's your what's your diet like oh yeah it's not not great okay are you training mm, yes and no are you meditating no Come back to me when you're looking at those three things and then we'll talk about 
yeah. some other processes. Don't skip the foundations. Don't skip the yep. those pieces that are, you know, fundamental. Everyone's got the pyramid upside down right now. Yeah. Like, if you look at the pyramid, like, the base should be the heavy hitters and should make up the majority of what you do. Yeah. The base is the sleep, the exercise, the nutrition. Then you go the next step up the pyramid and it gets a little bit smaller. And you go, okay, now you might look at how you train, what time of day, and so on and so mm. forth. Next one might be, okay, throwing in some supplementation to help with what you're doing, bro, right? And you get your arm, you get the point. And at the point you top, you might start looking at stuff like cutting out wheat and grains and seed oils and you like get down sure. to the real nitty gritty shit at the top mm. most people start at oh i'm gonna go paleo and dairy free for fun this week and that'll yeah they start at the top of the pyramid and they skip all the under, under they sort of invert that pyramid yeah and it's it's like no start, like don't skip the last steps and then just go bash like fucking soy for a week like do this like do it properly work through the basal steps and those ones will be the biggest catches mitts towards the impacts of the the big scary stuff but uh, and what really like drove this home for me for the importance of it, I read a really good book by Gabor Mate. So he's a really um, well-known psychologist. And he was a, Gabor was um, a physician for 21 years over in Canada as well. So he was a GP before he was a psychologist and went through and tra- treated a lot of sick people. And he started interviewing them um, on the, basically a lot of them with chronic autoimmune diseases, cancers, lots of really bad stuff. And a lot of these people were quite young too, which is scary. Like these are 34, 36, 42 with like, you know, terminal like cancers and autoimmune diseases. And he was interviewing me. A lot of the stuff that he found there as a common theme was a lot of repressed emotional trauma, inability to say no, basically a lot of repressed stored trauma and stress and sources of stress. There'd be early trauma and then usually an inability to express it through the body. Uh, and we're lucky that, and what he found is this link between chronic stress and autoimmune diseases and cancers and break, you know, dysfunctions in the body and, and increases in stress. Like he even, and the inability to let that out as well. And exercise is one of the more physical ways in the way the book wrote it, which is um, actually, no, that was Chris Greer. He was another psychologist that wrote about it, calling it complete, completing the stress response. So your stress response to a stressor is the body boots had adrenaline. It puts you in flight or fight. And then we just get told to go sit at the desk and do our job. We're not completing the actual system. But what should happen is we have that, like those flight or flight hormones come out. We punch or run, then we get to run back down. Mm. We never punch or run, right? So exercise can be a great way of ramping up stress, releasing physically that stress. Go fucking punch a, you know, punch a bag. Go like lift up weights. Go deadlift something. Go pull something off the ground heavy. Go exert yourself physically. Metabolize that adrenaline. Metabolize that cortisol and actually complete the stress response. Then your body can go, oh, sweet. Mm. dealt with it and your body doesn't know the difference between it, it like chemically it's all it's all actually surprisingly ignorant for such a like clever system if you've like very heavily physically exerted yourself it's it, it assumes you've run away from the tiger yeah go for a jog people say oh, i feel great after a run i feel you know I, i'm stressed i'll go for a jog and it just clears your head a good one jacob taught us was um and we do it in our anger releases is like wake up in the morning even if you're not angry yep but l- release that that energy so like grab your pillow and just scream into it so when i did his shift i i was doing that a fair bit like i'd just wake up in the morning and then i'll just go through the day and like it was just a lot more calmer like i wasn't so heightened straight away yeah, it cool. was more just like the my reaction was a bit different than what it used oh. to be you know what did that for me caffeine delaying caffeine too this is the final one before we wrap up mm. um was not having caffeine a on an empty stomach or b when i immediately woke this change you were you were on this I think just before just around that last not ninety minutes time. ninety minutes after 
Yeah. Up, yeah. Change, game changer. Change my whole fucking game existence, man. Fucking changer. Because yeah. I, was, I was like fighting that hard. Because when you get up at 3 a.m., like, like, I mm. want my fat burner, right? I get up, have, have my metabolizing, go, sweet, let's go for a walk, like, let's go. And I have that nice little, and it's not a heavily caffeinated product. I only put 125 megs of caffeine, like, same as a single shot of coffee, you know. It's not a big hit. But it's just, I get up, go for my walk, then I go to gym and so on. A bit of caffeine would be really nice to get me through. Mm. But I thought, fuck it, I'll just try it. And when I did finally, when you do introduce the caffeine now and half later, it's remarkable. You don't have that heightened feeling. No. You don't have that wire yep. just cracked out, sort of like just barely holding on type vibe where you're a bit... And it becomes almost addictive being that mm. wired too. Like you, you seek the feeling going, like I really just like being like on, like really just on, you know. But you realise that's your nervous system at like maximum activation. That's not a place you should sit. Your default system should be calm, collected, energised but calm mm. yep. is the way that a really, really awesome... Um, when I was over in Europe, uh, Yogi actually told me, but it was like seeing that was a really interesting concept. Was like just being like being energized but calm, yeah. so just being centered and grounded, right? But and that's why probably people find it hard to be grounded in society as well. Massively. Well, the first thing, yeah, it was like the same people. First thing they do is get up, go straight for a coffee. Mm. Bingo. Yeah, and it's like dumping on an empty stomach with nothing else in your system. Yeah, yeah. stress and yeah. straight away. It's cortisol. Boom. Well, I used yeah. to do the gym until probably like three weeks ago. I used to do the gym first, then come home and do have brekkie. Yeah, but yeah. I've worked it out. There's like have it before I go, yeah. and I just my energy levels are so much better. And I come back, I still don't have a coffee. I still I just have something else to like to eat, and then I don't have a coffee till about five five thirty. And it's just yeah. so much so much difference. Oh, it is actually food before because I used to train fasted for like seven years, right? I was a big fan of it because again, it's two a.m. right. We don't want to eat. No, but I was like, so I've just started doing like even just like powdered carbs in my pre or putting you know having just a banana or something like you know just trying to get something sugary and like having honey in a co- you know you know in a like whatever I can get, just simple sugars. And that buffers it heaps too because insulin yeah. is a direct antagonist to cortisol. Mm-hmm. So if you can get that insulin high, get that blood sugar in, get that blood sugar up, you're able to go, sweet, I'm fed, I'm all good. Yeah, uh, It blunts that cortisol release a bit. And it's um, you just get so much more, it's so much more level through your workout. And then in the morning, you don't then crash heaps either. Mm-hmm. And so ca- like carbs around workout times, like people people get scared of carbs, but um. Yeah, like it, it, throwing in some like having a good a good amount of simple sugars around a workout can be mm. can do wonders, and yeah. having it before you caffeinate, mm. yeah, hundred percent, man. I've noticed yeah. when getting a session in, leaving here, mm. say if I've been stuck at the desk and haven't eaten a little bit, yep. I'm like I am that little bit hungry, and I want to eat some food before training, but I don't want to like you know have a big meal or something like that. Yeah. The go to is definitely honey, like yeah, some yeah, honey cool. in before, and yeah, find it's honey's very very resourceful. Honey's a cracker one, mm. yeah. It's the only food that can't that doesn't ever go off, ever expire. Only food, yeah. never. There you go. Like literally, they found it from like the Egyptians. It was like, it's, it's always the fucking Egyptians. Yeah, man. it's always. Oh no, those fuckers had it figured out. Don't go down on. that rabbit hole, man. <laughs> 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 I'll be here for hours. Well, yeah, I went down it. that rabbit hole on TikTok there another a couple of nights ago. I was like, oh my god, I need to stop this. <laughs> me and me are two uh-huh. best mates. We have a a chat, and that's all it is is Egyptian shit. We're like, next year we're gonna book a holiday, and we're gonna go there, and we're gonna find out the reasons. Oh. <laughs> Strap in. Yeah. Man, that'd, be, that'd be the um, the next leg of you guys' tour, I think. That'd be the, yeah. <laughs> Nothing will get done. It'll yeah, just be yeah. us walking around the pyramids trying to find out what the <laughs> fuck happened. <laughs> just on the Middle East tour. You ready? Go, go. Yeah. <laughs> Middle East tour? Yeah. That would be good. That'd be yeah. unreal. Yeah. Release the fuck out of Cairo. That'd be cool. Oh. <laughs> that'd be yeah, good. So I think this would be a, a perfect little prelude. So guys, anyone listening yeah. at home, thanks for um, tuning in thus far and getting a bit of a taste of what we're going to be talking about in person in coming weeks. We're going to be seeing plenty on socials, yep. I'm sure, with the Polaris guys. Yep. Um, myself as well, I'll share it on um, on my Instagram and we'll yep. be getting 
getting to put all this stuff into into practice in a big practical day, a bit of a a bit of a workshop we have planned. Mm. So fuck, I love having you on. Yeah, me too. Fucking do anything. (laughs) This isn't good to do. Like we should have you early in the morning because now I'm hyped. Yeah, can you come on every week? (laughs) (laughs) This be the podcast. It's it's actually quite refreshing (laughs) being interviewed uh, because normally you've like um as you guys know because you interview you know so so it's um it's nice being the guest sometimes. Yes, Uh, it's 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 really interesting. Mm. I, I just. I think I'm up to episode 47 now, and so I've had to be the host for 47 times. And yeah, it's really nice to get on and just be able to just, someone to say, "What do you want to talk about?" I'm like, "Oh, what?" Because <laughs> yeah. you got to like try and pull a theme out of someone's conversation, and then like yeah. thread that into what you might want for that for that podcast episode to be about, and then just get a little glimpse of that topic, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like, now this has got like, no fuck this. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to yeah. hook into what I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. I've had <laughs> yeah 60 hours of podcast where I had to go down a certain. So, yeah, so many people are just like they just could listen. Or- like all day, I've had a, a couple of people listen to them twice. That's but cool. They just enjoyed yeah. it that much. So it's a yeah. shame because I figured, yeah, because you guys get a lot of the um, messages. Hey, I did with a, I did another recent podcast um, locally here as well with another um, well-respected sort of coach, and she same sort of thing. She got she got some really really great messages back, and I, I don't always get them, or I'll be interstate or get busy or not check my messages and whatever. Um, but I'm really happy. Hopefully, anyone who's listening along gets some value out of this. And yeah, yeah I did definitely. <laughs> oh, massively, yeah. And yeah. Like like Will said, there is an event coming up. We're organising. We're going to have it out, ready to rock and roll. And this mm. could be a, a good intro to um yeah. to that event. No, no, so keep yeah. your keep your eyes out for that. And if you do need anything from Will, I'll take his uh, Insta. Insta is probably the best one. Insta's yeah, the best one. Down yeah. in the um, description down below, and you'll be able to um, hit him up down there with all your questions and anything you need. But mate. Absolute pleasure. Thanks yeah, for jumping thank you on. for coming on. It's great. Pleasure, gents. Thanks for I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're so good. So good. And it's going to be yeah. so so good to edit because it's just on your camera. I don't have to cut and change. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining. Thanks to Will, and we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yes, thank Peace. you. Peace.